This is Healing Through Love. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia, and I'm just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. For today's episode, I have with me the incredible Urmi Hossain. Urmi is a full-time female worker in the financial services industry. She comes from an education in finance with six years of experience in the industry. She's a big proponent of self-investing and continuous learning and inspires others to do the same. During her free time, she volunteers for causes such as women's empowerment and giving back to the non-privileged. She's a very ambitious and enterprising woman. She has her own blog and, and YouTube channel, She has also written her first book called Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle, where she talks about her own struggle in finding her identity. She hopes with this book to share the message that uniqueness is an asset and not a liability, and you can choose who you want to be in your life. Besides working on her blog and volunteering, she is also an active participant in the Toastmasters Club, where she practices her public speaking skills with the goal of one day giving a TED Talk. Her hobbies, are reading mystery thriller books, trying new coffee spots, eating pasta, and practicing Muay Thai. Cannot wait for you guys to hear our talk. But before we dive into it, just a friendly reminder... If you are loving Healing Through Love, please consider giving a five-star review. It really helps in extending the reach. Also, now, you if you are able to support the podcast financially, you can head to the link in the show notes where it says support the podcast, and you can now give a monthly donation. Any amount helps, so um, please consider that. All proceeds go towards covering production costs and marketing. Um, So thank you again for your continued support. And as always, you can continue to share and tag us on social media at Solidarity underscore media or head to SolidarityMediaProductions.com to learn more and continue the conversation. All right, let's get into today's talk. Wonderful. So I have with me today the lovely Ormi Osain. Ormi, how are you today? I'm good, and you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, so can you just start a little bit by um, telling us uh, your background, you know, how you grew up, um, and just sort of how you kind of got started? Uh, sure. So um, my name is Ormi, and I am currently living in Montreal. And I always tell people that I am uh, Italian by birth and Bengali by blood. Uh, so I was born and raised in Italy, just to specify. My parents are from Bangladesh. And uh, basically, I lived my whole life um, in Italy. And then I moved to Canada. And I've been working in the financial services industry for quite some time. But I also do a lot of like side hustle and a lot of volunteering work. Um, I am also a self-published uh, author. I wrote a book called The Discovering Your Identity, Rebirth from Interracial Struggle, where I do talk about a little bit the struggle that I went through being a true cultural kid and how like little things were viewed, especially like dating and stuff like that. Um, and I also, um, I'm, a, I'm a speaker as well. And um, I also like volunteer for causes about uh, women's empowerment and things like that, which are really important for me. Love that. We we love a just global, amazing, badass powerhouse. Like you're <laughs> incredible. Um, I want to talk a little bit about so you grew up, you know, in the in a, it sounds like a, a couple different places. Um, how culturally, you know, how were you kind of taught to love um, in each of these different kind of places? Um, there was a little bit of struggle, like there was a little bit of conflict, I would say, because um, 
like love in general, I would say that it was never something that was um, expressed through words or through uh, body language or affection, especially uh, especially like in the South Asian culture. Like I remember when I was growing up, like I would never see my parents, you know, being like really close to each other. They would never like tell to each other, like, I love you. And they would never tell us, like, I love you. Um, they would just use their actions to tell us how much they they appreciate us. But for instance, like if something happened, like they would never come and hug us. So this was like something that is like not used in, um, this is something that wasn't used in my household, but it's also something that I don't think it's really used in, in South Asian uh, households in general. And uh, in Italy instead, like, of course, because I was growing up there, I could see how love was expressed differently. People would use, you know, like people are very intimate, especially between couples. You see people kissing on the street, holding hands, whereas like Bengali couples, you don't pretty much see that. Like you you'd ra- rarely see some people holding hands. And if you do, if you're holding hands and you bump into someone that, you know, like right away, you just leave your hands. Uh, so people are like very affectionate in Italy you know they, the first thing that you do when you see someone is that you know you give three kisses on the cheeks you hug them um, you also express through words how much you appreciate the person so there was a little bit of conflict in that sense so it was um, something that like I never felt like that I always felt like there was conflict there and then of course I grew up watching Bollywood movies and that gave me a whole different perspective about love and where basically like all these movies, they teach you about love in the sense that it's almost like flawless. Everything is based on like forever. Everything is based on like perfection. And they teach you that this is the kind of love that you will have in real life. And unfortunately, it's never like that. Like they just teach you like, you, you know, you have this perfect man who like literally does everything the way you want you you want to. And um, and of course, there is this whole idea about love in Bollywood, which is like almost unrealistic. So I also grew up watching that and then I realized that okay the reality hit me so hard and I'm like no this is not really how it really is so yeah so I had like different perspective about love wow yeah (laughs) what a journey and I can definitely relate to the kind of you know culture shock of going from like one environment where you know you're experiencing and seeing love in this kind of kind of restricted sort of way versus, you know, Italy, like the, I don't know, it's so romantic language and romance everywhere, right? It's a very different kind of environment. Um, Yeah, for those who don't know, I grew up in a military household and we moved around and, you know, we were in a lot of different, you know, um, communities and cultures. And even even though it was predominantly in the U.S., even within, you know, the United States, there's all kinds of different communities that express and show love in, in various different ways. So I think there's benefits to that and that like I kind of get the full scope of things. But then also, yeah, it makes it really hard to define it for ourselves and to like really come to understand, okay, how do I want to love? You know, like, who do I want to be in this? How do I want to receive love? Who do I, you know, the partners that I want? Um, Was there sort of like a turning point um, where you really decided or really sort of saw like, okay, I need to, you know, really unlearn some things or maybe learn new things about how I want to love? I would definitely say not to ever have like high expectations and not to like look for the perfect person because it does not exist and just to like really accept each other's flaws. I think that's one thing that I have learned. And I think another thing that I really learned 
learned is that when you love someone or even when you love like love in general is really about like growing together and encouraging and supporting each other which unfortunately unfortunately I feel like no one not many people do because we always think about ourselves but we're never there to support the other person so that's one thing that I um that I learned through through time Mm -hmm. and of course I think the biggest love I think that you can ever give to someone is really to yourself and again this was never thought this was something that was not taught in my household because we are taught to like love other people, to serve other people, to please other people. And we have to put ourselves like in the second place, third place. And unfortunately, this was something that it's like not really taught in many. It's not taught in many South Asian uh, household. And it wasn't taught in my own home because this is almost seen as like selfish. You just think of yourself. Mm. Um, but it is something that I have learned through time that it's really important that you love yourself first before you love someone else, especially because we shouldn't take people for granted because you will always have yourself, but you should never take the other person for granted, you know, God forbid, forbid that something happens or maybe this person leaves you out of nowhere for no whatever reasons. And I think it's always important that you go back and re- rely on yourself and who you are because you will always have yourself no matter what. For sure. Do that self-work so you can just really love who you are. And and through that, yeah, you can pour into other people. But you got to cultivate that within yourself first, for sure. Um, Can you talk a little bit about starting your book, like when that journey sort of began? Um, It actually began last year, but it it just happened like just by coincidence. Like I always had this on my to-do list that it was like, okay, I'm going to write a book um but I never knew when was the exact time and then I was talking to a friend and I said okay I want to write a book so he suggested me this book that it's called how to write a book in 30 days and I was like you know what let me just read it so I read that and then I think like after a couple of weeks I started my writing process and it was very therapeutic for me because it was really about confessions and my reflections about what it felt like to be a third culture kid and there is a section in the book where I talk about dating and it's so funny because uh, now we're talking about love and relationship. And um, when I was growing up, it was really forbidden for me to date. Like this was a big, big no, because, uh, you know, we're not like we're not supposed to be dating. Parents are supposed to be choosing the partner for you. And often in time you end up like doing things behind their backs or, you, you know, things that they might not like. And this was a big, big no. And so I thought I talk about that and I talk about a little bit my life in uh, in Italy. And it literally took me 30 days to write this book. So I really talk about I write about this book from a perspective of a third culture kid, but also a South Asian woman, because I know that there are a lot of women like me. They can relate to it. You know, there are so many restrictions and there are so many things that we're not allowed to do. And after 30 days, I actually wrote my book. I had it edited. I had it um, formatted and then I published it on Amazon. So, yeah. Congratulations. That's so great. Everybody, please go check out the book. I'm definitely excited to read. Um, And I love that, like, there's that that um, ability to really like give yourself like a committed time to achieving a goal or to working on something like that has been just the greatest benefit to like my healing journey. Um, And also just like, you know, wanting to understand how I want to love who I want to love. Like I had to give myself that like, sort of like bubble of like, I'm going to work on this. And this is going to be like all that I sort of talk about and think about for the next 
X amount of days and I'm going to get it done, you know? Um, I think there's just, yeah, there's so much joy from that. And, and for you, it, it came out in the form of a book, which is great. For me, it's come out in the form of a podcast. Um, so I definitely encourage anybody to like just give themselves that, you know, committed time window. It's the best form of like self-loving too when you're like really dedicated to a, something that you want to achieve for your life. Um yeah, I think all of that is great. And I love that, yeah, you talk about being this intercultural kid. Um, can you share a little bit about how, you know, the dating part of like how that has been for you as, as someone who is multicultural? <laughs> so basically, I, um, I remember I was always told by my parents, like not to speak to guys. That was the first thing they would tell me, do not speak to any guys. And luckily, like I went to a school that was mainly like, female base like for some reason there was not that many guys I don't know why so I never had like that type of like I never had an actual guy friends and then it just happened that I did meet a couple of people and um and of course like forget about dating but also forget about dating someone that's like outside of your culture that was also a big no because of, of course like my parents being so traditional and conservative they always wanted me to go forward with someone that was like from my same religion, from my same culture. And so dating outside of like culture was a big no. So I never like really went for that. And also I wasn't really interested in that. Uh, but I did have, I did date a couple of uh, people. And I uh, remember like it was, and again, it was pretty much like in Bollywood movies where like I would never meet these people. I would just have like phone conversation because I was like that scared that you know if I go and meet them and then I bump into someone that I know or let's say my my parents catch me like doing something like it would be such a big deal and I know that a lot of girls like me were also going through the same struggle because we were part of the same community and we were like always doing things like where they would never see us and I remember like if I had to see someone I would just see them like during school time because everyone of course thinks that you're at school for instance or you know I would meet them like really early in the morning so these were like very much forbidden to to date um and it was mainly like having conversations sending text messages it was never like really going like it was it wasn't something like you know when you you go out on a Friday night you go for a movie you go out for dinner this was a big big no so and uh, and now that I'm like much older, I when I think back about this, like I I can see how you know this was forbidden. But then when it's time to like settle down, they're like wondering like why don't you have someone in your life? And I'm thinking, but you guys have <laughs> forbidden like forbidden me to like date someone. And I know that you know there's a little bit of contradiction there, but it's it's a big no. It's it's very much part of like South Asian uh, culture. Although I can see that things are changing nowadays. Like I can see that a lot of like South Asian women, like Pakistani, Indian, they're mar getting married like outside of religion. Get they're getting married like outside of culture because they they are seeing the person um, more as a person and not trying to label them. And so I can see there are more like mixed marriages, whereas back in the days, especially when I was growing up, this was a big, no, this was so not accepted. It was like such a big, big taboo. And now things are like evolving and progressing and people are actually more accepting of having their kids to date because they're just worried that when time, time comes, they might be alone. And so they don't want to go through like the whole, like finding someone for them. Yeah. It's so funny how we... <laughs> how we are just culturally just as a society with each other, especially around aspects of 
relationships, romance, things like that, the things that we want to protect our children from or keep them safe from ultimately ends up cultivating a, a, a theme of like shame and guilt around like relationships. I definitely, you know, can relate to that in that, you know, my, my, my upbringing, I don't think was maybe as strict, but there was definitely uh, like caution around guys and sex and babies and all of these like extreme things that, you know, hopefully wouldn't happen to me at that young age. But it was just this air of like fear that I sort of had in growing up and thinking about love and relationships. I was very timid and afraid to even, you know, talk to a guy or let alone like, you know, ask, you know, be, be flirtatious or anything, because like you said, there there's these stigmas around it, right? Of just like, that's inappropriate. That's not, you know, what women or ladies do and all of these things. Um, but then as you get older, yeah, there, there, there's like, at some point, I don't even know what age it was, but it's like, okay, now time to get married and have kids and be in a happy, loving relationship. And I'm just like, uh, I don't have the tools for that. You know, um, for anybody who for any young girl who's maybe like in that position similar to you, do you have any kind of advice for them? Because I'm very like open minded and um, and I don't like I don't want especially girls like that are like me to be restrictive from what they can choose. I really want to tell them, like, just go with uh, whoever you want to go like love someone because of who they are forget about the religion forget about like culture these are hur hurdles that you can think of them after um i think if the if a relationship is is genuine and spontaneous and you really love each other i think you can conquer no matter what you can go through any challenges that are there as long as you have each other so this is one thing that i I want to share it to like every woman out there. I do share it with a lot of my relatives, especially where they're struggling. They're not finding someone in the community. I tell them, look, if you like someone from like another community, it's not a thing. It's not the end of the, the world. Um, it's not, you know, a crime. You just have to be sincere with yourself and you just have to be okay with that. And then every other obstacles you will think of them later on you just have to have each other that's all I all I can mm. say absolutely that's such a great I love that it's such a great insight for anybody at, at any point you know just yeah to find that person that has your back you know uh, um, I think also with both of our upbringing just you know being in these different environments and communities and having to adapt, it puts up this, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I definitely develop this more guarded kind of personality or just, you know, always sort of uh, tense in a way or just like at the ready because I'm moving around or I'm just in a different space. And so when I can find a partner or that person that just, I can just relax and like be myself, put the walls down, like, that is the ultimate goal um, in terms of like what I'm looking for. So such a beautiful point for sure. Um, can you tell me what has been like the, the hardest lesson that you've had to learn in loving and in dating? I would say um, the hardest lesson, I think it's probably like, do not let your happiness to depend on someone else's presence. Uh, because I think... Mm -hmm. And as I said before, like, we should not take every relationship for granted. I don't think we should think of relationship to be 
forever um, because things can happen, people can change. And I think uh, when your happiness depends on someone else I think this can be really cursing in a way mm. and it just is self-destructive to a point I feel and so I think as a woman you want to be self-sufficient on your own and you have to find your own happiness and whatever you get from the other person it's more like a plus mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's like it shouldn't be your need it should be your want and this is also something that one of my friends taught me uh, especially because even in my own culture, it's taught to us that, you know, we always need a male figure next to us because we depend on them, but it shouldn't be that way. You should teach us to be more independent in every sense, you know, especially like emotionally, psychologically, like financially, you have to be your own self. And I think it's important that even when you are with someone, you still have to maintain your individuality because I think sometimes it gets lost when you're in a relationship to the point that you lose yourself because you have devoted too much to the other person and so I think it's really important that you keep your individuality that you find your own happiness and that you never rely on a second person for anything in life I think the other person is just more like a plus yeah a little cherry on top of the Sunday. I love that <laughs> um yeah and oh man can we talk a second about like self-love and it's it's something that I felt like I struggled with understanding for so long and that was always the question of like well how the hell do I love myself right it, it feels like it should be an easy answer but um I don't know I guess what are some ways that you started to um find self-love for yourself honestly for me I just wanted to I just started to pursue the things that I I loved and the things that I felt that I had a vocation for. And so it really started with like working out, which might sound very simple, but it's, it is a, a form of self-love, especially when you're doing workouts that you really, really enjoy. Um, that was one thing. I started to do like public speaking, for instance. That was uh, something that I also enjoyed. I started to join Toastmasters. That was something that I really, really enjoyed because I'm part of, of different people, it's different communities, a different type of network. That was one way. Um, another way was just pampering myself with the food that I love, that I like. You know, you can go to like a coffee shop, sit there, just be on your own. And that's like, it's you and yourself and it's still very great. Um, and then, of course, a lot of journaling. I think journaling really helps to get your ideas clear. But I think for me, the biggest part was volunteering, I would say. Like volunteering really helped me a lot um, because I was meeting people from different kinds of like community, people that I would have never met if I have never volunteered. So volunteering also has helped me a lot too. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Like that is such a great like uh, point. And yeah, I've, I've done a lot of volunteering in the past and like it does make me just if one feel good just that I'm contributing something to someone else or to, you know, a community, but then also, yeah, within myself, like, oh, okay, this, I, I kind of was able to give something to somebody else without expectation of anything in return. Right. And I think that's ultimately how we should sort of look at our relationships and loving, right? Like we should be able to give love to somebody and ideally, you know, have like, not really expect anything in return, but still like have our boundaries and have our needs. But when it comes to just like being able to like, yeah, give love or, or give back in a way, um, 
to not, yeah, to not feel like you're owed anything because then relationships start to become that transactional thing. Um, so I love that, like you shared, yeah, volunteering, that's a great way to just kind of like, um, yeah, give back and feel good about yourself as well at the same time too. Um, uh, any organizations or anything that you uh, have volunteered for that you want to shout out? Volunteer for so many, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> So many, but there is one in particular that I just joined. Um, it's called uh, Speak Up. And basically uh, what they do is they try to um, fight child marriages in Bangladesh. Mm. Yes. And it's a pretty good one. So they try to like educate girls from Bangladesh so that, you know, they can pursue an education and get them out of this like system, which is toxic and not good for them. And so I started to to be, to be to be part of this. That's beautiful. Absolutely, I, I I love that. And definitely, I'll I'll try to put like a link or something in the show notes for sure for for folks to check that out. Um, mean thank you so much for speaking with me today. Anything else you want to share, or like, how can people find you? Yes. So I am. If people can connect with me on LinkedIn, and uh, so you, you just have to type my full name. It's Urmi Hossain. Um, I also have a blog called myways.ca. Um, I also have um, a YouTube channel called Urmi Hossain and of course Instagram, which is Urma Mio. Love it. Really appreciate this quick chat and uh, definitely highly recommend everybody go check her out, go follow her. We love to keep up with your journey and maybe um, we'll be able to have you back on um, down the road just to see how things are going for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on another episode of Healing Through Love. If you head to the show notes of today's episode, you'll find information on how to keep in touch with our guest. And as always, if you have any questions or comment about today's episode, feel free to reach out at solidarity underscore media or head to solidaritymediaproductions.com. Until next time, take care, y'all. <laughs>